0: A one, a two, a three.
1: Off the pill, off the pill. We put a baby inside of her. Off the pill, off the pill. We're fucking sick. <laughs> we are so sick. We're so sick. I'm Kat. I'm Casey. And please send some soup our <laughs> way. We are so sick. I uh, so what a week it's been. Yeah. This is like, off the pill. This is off the pill. We're recording later than we normally do, uh-huh. and we like miss an episode, which we hate doing because yes. there's nothing worse than a missed episode than a missed period. Am I right? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe if you're trying to conceal. I, I mean, know that's yeah for me, but for you, if you're if you, you're yeah. not trying,
0: then, then yeah, that's that'd be worse. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, which we, yeah, so we hated doing that. But like we, we both got taken down so hard by whatever this late like winter yes. illness is. I don't know what it is, but I don't yeah. like it. And so is it different because. Okay, so my quick story, because I'm not pregnant, (laughs) I'm the not pregnant (laughs) one, Um, I was so sick and I was thinking to myself during the whole thing, I was like, how could someone be pregnant and feel all of these feelings like of just like illness running through your coursing through your veins like so did you get that sick what was going on
0: yeah so i think just based on the way that we were talking i think you got sicker than i did right because you were knocked out for like five days yeah and i was like i was so tired and then and then the next day it was like a sore throat and i realized that the tiredness was because i was sick and not because just because of the pregnancy right
1: if you get sick is bubble sick too i don't (laughs) know It's bubble is in there with, like, like a little, little sneeze. Like yeah. That. <laughs> oh, that's so cute. I don't think so. Right?
0: But, okay, so here's the worst part so far that no. I've noticed about being sick while being pregnant. Yeah. So when you go to the doctor and they give you all the packet of information, they give you a list oh, of yeah. of over-the-counter drugs that you're allowed to take. Right. It is not all the over-the-counter no. drugs that you want to take. It's, like, one, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. There's, like, one for each symptom. It's, like, you know... Headache, Tylenol. Yeah. That's
1: it. Yeah. Um, sore throat, Sepacal, which are like cough drops. Oh, so you're in like a like, okay. <laughs> I'm just imagining it's like a World War One like <laughs> a nurse's station. Like, well, you we, you lost a leg, but we got a Tylenol. Like, yeah, It's like exactly. all we could have. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So
0: it's like, it's really annoying too, because it's not, as far as I can tell, it's not that any of the other things are known to be bad. It's right. just that these are the things that are known to not be bad.
1: Right. So... And-
0: you can't risk it. There's No.
1: You're there's, not going to be no. guinea pig number one or whatever. You don't no. want to be the one. Yeah. I'm going do to
0: take the like really good stuff. Yeah. That would actually make me feel better. Oh, man. Yeah.
1: That's so can you take
0: antibiotics when you're pregnant? I don't know. I yeah. don't because I didn't go to the doctor for this one. Right. I don't think you can. Yeah. But I'm I might be wrong. This
1: would be yeah, that would be I'm, something this, you would. This talk. is
0: our non-scientific podcast. Well, I have no idea. <laughs>
1: it, it did say like, uh, cause so I went to the doctor, which I never do. Uh, clearly, if you follow the podcast, I believe in just like putting a crystal like on my forehead <laughs> and hoping for the best. But it was like so like I had to go and um on the ball bo- on the bottle of antibiotics that I got, which I've, antibiotics never get either. Right. Um, but it was like do not use if you are breastfeeding or and then like I had to tell them like are you trying? like are you trying to get pregnant I was like no so (laughs) yeah um, I'm talking to my friend who's pregnant I mean, Does that count? I did give them the podcast. I was like, I have a podcast. I, I told the lady she was like, she was fine. She was like a doctor's assistant. I don't. I. It's so fascinating because I was like, I didn't know. I, I'm so into all this medical stuff now, like living vicariously through yeah. you and all the different things. So I didn't see a doctor. I saw like a doctor's assistant, but it wasn't a nurse. Was she a physician's assistant? Yes. Yeah. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, yeah, You don't have to have a doctorate to do that. Or do um your...
0: no. So there's a physician assistant and nurse practitioner, and yeah. they're both. Um, they're like like more have more education than uh, like a nurse. Right. Um, They're not, they don't have their like medical doctorate. Yeah. But they can prescribe medicine and do all that stuff. They just have to be under the supervision of a doctor.
1: It was like seeing the school nurse. She literally looked like a school nurse. Like (laughs) everything about her was, I was like her, her whole, like, yeah, she did not scream doctor to me. I was like, what a, it was like a different office. It was all very strange. That's so funny. I like going
0: to. Well, I like I like going to like nurse practitioner. You do physicians. Yeah, because they're just like I don't know. They're they're cool. Chill. Yeah, and you can they can still prescribe you everything. They can do everything right. that a doctor can do. Yeah, but they got a little chip on their shoulder because they're not really. <laughs>
1: Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. No, I I actually think the
0: opposite. I think they have less of a chip on their shoulder because they still get paid pretty well, but they didn't have to go through medical
1: school and they don't have all the medical school debt. I get that. That makes sense. Yeah. She seems like she lives a fine life. Yeah. I know a couple people that that have that career. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I fascinating to be able like so different and everything it's so funny how like you are pregnant but it's changed all the ways that I'm thinking about things <laughs> like I'm like well, good thing I'm not pregnant because I couldn't take these antibiotics
0: I know <laughs> yeah. yeah well no I mean it's, I didn't go to the
1: doctor but I wouldn't have been able to get antibiotics yeah. anyway I assume so it doesn't really matter and now you're traveling soon too so yeah. like you're in this first little period I, I mean we haven't had a chance to catch up totally I know our, our main focus was like illness while pregnant but yeah. is there other things that have been going on are you nervous for your travel like how are you feeling about everything in the first couple Couple of like weeks going I on. I didn't think I was nervous until you just asked <laughs> me, and now I'm like, maybe I am nervous for the travel. But nervous
0: because I always get sick when I travel. Right. Because like the plane air is the most disgusting air right.
1: ever. Right. And so then if you I get to turn sick, off. You have to turn off your fan. I I don't know. Does that that really do anything, though? You're still getting that recycled air. I read two things and I believe them now fully. And I I used to because I used to get sick on every flight afterwards. Uh I now um, turn off the air so I don't let it breathe directly into me. And I wash my hands directly like right before the flight. After the flight, I just wash my hands with clean, oh. clean water that's not on the plain water. Oh. So I don't know if that matters. Okay. But I'm yeah. going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my two tricks. Okay. Also, you can, do you do the handy wipes and wipe down your tray? No. But this time I probably will. Yeah.
0: Because I feel like now I'm more worried about getting sick because yeah. now I know I can't just like...
1: Pop some shit. Yeah. Yeah. I have to like, here's my Tylenol. <laughs> in, in the World War One war. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and are you like excited for what's it going to be like to see everyone? I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm really excited because I'm going to see I'm going to see all
0: my like my mom and my sister. Well, two of my sisters. Yeah, and their kids. Yeah, and then I'm also going to see Ben's dad and and good. stepmom. So it'll be like really good. And I'm I don't know I'm just I'm really excited. And I'm doing the um I know we we didn't talk about how I was going to talk about this, but I'm going to yeah. do the um, blood test. That <laughs> is like the like at the pre-genetic risk factor test. Oh, yeah. And so I'm going to take that right before I leave. Oh shit. Um which means that I will be able to find out cuz you find out the the sex
1: of the baby yeah. from that test. And you're going to find out. I should
0: yeah, I'm going to find out. And oh. so I shouldn't find out when I'm there. Yeah. So that would be cool. I can like share that with my family.
1: Okay, so this is a question. What like, what about genetic testing? What if you find out... What other things are you going to find out? And then what if you find out something else? I know. So that's like a big yeah thing. That's like... It's exciting because sex of baby, but yes. also... Yeah. So the reason that... Okay.
0: So the reason I'm doing the genetic testing now... So there's... There's one that's covered by insurance. I'm just going to ask, is it covered by insurance? That's my exact question. Okay. So there's one that's covered by insurance. That's like the sequential risk factor that you, that everyone does. Right. right? And that's, you, you get one, you get your blood drawn in the first trimester and then the second trimester. And then they tell you the results after the second trimester blood draw, but they don't tell you at the first trimester. Okay. Or you can pay a little extra and get the fancy first trimester test where they basically just get to tell you the results earlier. Oh. So I'll get to know at like 10 weeks what the risk factors are so they don't tell you oh you definitely will have this whatever genetic thing right. happening but it, it, it's
1: mostly like down syndrome yeah and is there other things that they there tell? are other okay, things yeah. but
0: it's like they're all of the similar sort of sure vein of down syndrome right but like down syndrome is the more common one that that like the other ones are even less common than down syndrome right right but it will yeah so i i yeah i want to find out yeah but then it's just a risk factor. It's just like a risk. Right. So it'll tell you like, oh, normally, you know, if we didn't know, you'd be at 10 percent, but you're only at 2 percent or whatever. Oh. Or it could say you're at 50 percent.
1: Like, holy shit. Yeah. When can they. So if then if at 50 percent, they say that you're 50 percent risk. So then in the third trimester, then they do they do more t- or do you just have to then wait and then birth the child and then find these things out?
0: Um, no. So after you find out the risk factor, you can do a more invasive test oh where they stick a needle into your right. stomach and into the baby's right. like neck right. and pull out actual material. Yeah. And then that gives you like a definite.
1: Oh my God. Yeah. What does this solve? I Like, okay. So, I mean, we're kind of dancing around it. I'm just going to say it because this is, this is truly what I'm yeah. thinking in this. Like, what does this solve? Because how many women then get that and then decide... Well, I'm going to abort this pregnancy, right? If that's because I don't want to have child with X difficulties, right? Right. Or then do you just pre- then you just have extra time to prepare for that, and then you go th- like, yeah. What? And I'm not trying to ask you. Your I don't. No, I I know I not Want to put you on the spot of like, what would that be like? But I'm just just so curious that it's like, what? I don't know. I guess it gives you more time to prepare. I think it's a number of things. I mean, I yeah. think
0: one is you could then choose to terminate
1: to the pregnancy. Terminate the pregnancy. Yeah.
0: Which I mean. <clears throat> I'm not 100% opposed to, depending on what I find out, right? right? If there's something that's, like, seriously wrong and the child is, like, not going to be viable anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Or going to have, like, a really painful, like, three months of life or something like that. You know what I mean? It's like, well, then I I feel like I'd be selfish to have that happen. But it's easier said than done, right? Like, so it's obviously, you know, I don't know what I would do. Yeah. And but that is one thing or it's like you then also can have more like prep like so it's not like you just have the baby and you're like oh wow I have this now I'm like right learning A about this needs now yeah. yeah like where you can like actually see what all that would mean in advance.
1: And this is a really like, we kind of got into this naturally. This was like again yeah. not on the docket for know, today, but know. we're here for it. Like yeah. I, I think that I, I, I have these conversations with Sean at least that it's like if they're like what you know when you have the talk about kids and then you start talking about like how many kids and then it's like well like what would it be like if you found out that something had happened and you have a child that has special needs or or whatnot right. and and you have the option I don't know if you have the option. It feels really. I, I don't even. I feel nervous even saying that, and I'm not even in the world where I would want to have kids. But it's like, why? I don't know. It's a really hard question. I I, I, I do think about too, because like I I know I actually watch a lot of YouTube documentaries <laughs> on like like adults with Down syndrome, because like it, it's they have productive lives and they can fall in love and and partner and like all this like there are options now, and we're I think yeah. much more advanced than we were even like 20 years ago. Yeah. Um. I just sometimes think that. It, it's very difficult. I don't know enough about like what different needs there might be, and like the the financial strain, and then like the that you and your partner are not forever, and so then what happens if you only have one child and then and not a ton of family who takes on yep. making sure that that child survives after you go? Yeah, you know, like we that, just got yeah. real deep. Kat. Yeah, that's just. I mean, that's like that, but that is. I I so want. Are you nervous <laughs> to fly? <laughs> yeah. <I
0: know>. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So I have been thinking about all of those things, which yeah. is exactly why I want to take the test early. Yeah. Because I'm uh, of the opinion knowledge is power. Yeah. And I want to know as much as I can know as soon as possible, so yeah. that I can have get all the information that I could possibly get. Right. In order to make the best decision. Right. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to wait until the second trimester and then be like, well, now what am I going to do? Right.
1: And we know so much more, and I, I am like so grateful for science progressing, because I think you if you would have used to get just a, a diagnosis of your child is not going to have a good life, like period. Right. And now we know that certain diagnoses doesn't mean that, and they can live fruitful, happy lives. But I think what you said was so important that it's like, if, if the child is going to have an existence that is small and so painful, that I don't know, then why... It's a really difficult, it's a really, it's a really difficult issue. It's yeah. Yeah. And it's not, I
0: mean, it's not one that I'm ready. I would not be able to make any sort of decision like that until I'm in that position. Yeah. Right. And I can't even think about judging or like making a comment on what anyone else has decided to do because I haven't been in that position. Right. I did have a conversation with Ben before we started trying that I was like, you know, I want to make sure we're on the same page if something really, you know, whatever is happening i want to make sure that you i have your support to do whatever's best for like my body yeah um because that's another thing too is like sometimes well yeah the pregnancy can really endanger the mother and
1: so and And that's a hard i'm sorry there is not a world that i live in that i would no what I, i mean like it's different if the child like yeah that's i don't know but if it's like uh, that it's actually killing you inside of you. It's, I don't know. Right. Like right. I'd be like, get it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get rid. Yeah. So that's, I mean, but yeah. yeah. It's,
0: so that was a conversation that we had. I mean, it was <sighs> like a brief conversation. Yeah. He was like, you will have my support, whatever. Like, yeah. well, we would cross that bridge if we had to, but like, obviously we would, yeah. you know, I'd support you in your decisions right. because that's like, that's a big, I mean, that's, it's a yeah. horrible thought to yeah. have. To have. Yeah. yeah.
1: And I think what, what is the, the delicate balance too of like what, once? Okay. I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to really, I, I, again, we're trying to bring humor to something that is I like know. very difficult. So I'm also, I, I'm a comedian and <laughs> I, I want to just like parse my words so that this doesn't like reflect negatively either. But I do think that it's like, there is a difference between like once the child has been birthed too. And then if it lives a short existence, like the pain of that versus terminating a pregnancy early I you know yeah. what I mean like mm-hmm. for for the for the mental well-being of the partnership that is like giving life like yeah I think that is important too that it's like you don't I don't know that, yeah yeah well and there's like um I took this class um when I was in law school that was
0: like the reprodu- women's reproductive rights yeah and we had this whole section on um you know was all, it taught by a woman it of course okay good. It it
1: was was like, a, uh, UCLA I know <laughs> but like yeah, I just yeah. want to make
0: sure yeah that's... it was taught by a woman who yes. also had her medical doctor like so she oh, was cool. MD uh, JD like super damn. amazing woman. yeah damn yeah. yeah yeah and so one of the things that we talked about was there we read these stories where these women had um had babies who were very very sick when they were born yeah and who gets to decide what happens then because the women will be like you know a lot of times the mothers will be like i just want to hold the baby and have the baby live the three days or whatever and not be hooked up to what like in the sense of like they're really premature or something whereas like a doctor might be like well we're gonna hook them up to everything and then try to get them to live two weeks right right? and it's like who gets to make that decision and yeah so it there's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot to those discussions, a lot to, and I have no, I mean, I'm, I'm, you're I just no a idea. JD.
1: I'm,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm not a yeah. medical yeah. doctor. Yes. And I also, I don't know, like, I have no idea because I feel like you cannot know unless you're in that position. Right. Unless it's your child.
1: Yeah. Which is then make it so difficult that it's like, there shouldn't be any ruling body for every case because it is so varied and there is such different, right? Like, so yeah. it's like. Yeah. It oh, yeah. Just I mean, be, we can
0: get into that, too. And like yeah. maybe in a later episode, like we yeah. talked in that class, it was a really cool class. We talked about like women who were like forced into C-sections Whoa. and like things like that were like they were literally like there was one woman who went home from the hospital and the, the physician like called the police and the police came and picked her up and took her back to the hospital and forced her to have a C-section. Whoa. Yeah.
1: Fuck that. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But then there's also people that are like. <laughs> there's demons in your blood. So we can't, like, I don't know, like, like there, I get, then you get too far the other way that it's right. like, well, then let's also protect women. Right. And that are, I don't know, there's like, the religious thing to this it's very complicated
0: we got into like this the rabbit hole yeah
1: this is why i'm not having children (laughs) there's too many questions and not enough answers i I don't want to make any of these decisions i i didn't i didn't eat breakfast this morning because i didn't know what to eat (laughs) i couldn't decide between oatmeal and avocado toast so i just didn't eat breakfast so i can't handle it
0: Well, i think okay so this i think is the perfect sort of episode where we actually have a listener email that we wanted to address yes That um, we want to put it out there right now. Trigger warning. Although this whole episode is probably a trigger warning. We're going to have to like put it on the top, right? Because there's a lot that we're talking about here um, that are potential triggers. But we have a listener who is wonderful. And sorry, I have my nose is like, can you hear how stuffy it is? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay. Uh, Sorry. This is a very serious topic and I'm just trying to lighten it up. So our listener had a miscarriage and um she wanted to share her story yeah. with us and so we wanted to share that story with you because it's a story that we feel is important to tell and one that i had no idea
1: was even a thing and i think what's really beautiful about her story and and how it's sort of aligned like time wise with what we've been chatting about was like she did find out she was originally pregnant uh, when Casey was still trying, and um, and then shared a little bit about her like medical history about having, uh, you know, that it was already like labeled like a high risk pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So again, we're getting into these topics of like women's health and reproductive health, like that it's it's a it's in tandem, like that her health was at risk already because she had gotten pregnant and wanting to start a family was like a high topic issue for her so um yeah just really just like uh, her story is really beautiful and so the best way we just wanted to honor that and put that out there and um, one of our missions in doing this whole podcast wasn't just talking about conception but it was like about all of these things and all the different stories so Mm -hmm. um Casey's gonna read the latest email
0: so I'm not gonna say her name because I don't uh, she did give us permission to share her story but I don't know if she'd like her name shared or not so I'm not going to um but she's an amazing beautiful listener and that we've never met.
1: She's actually a listener that found the podcast through Googling. She did Um, Google cervical mucus. So getting that high range SEO. Thank you so much. Um,
0: Yeah. yeah, So just to give you um, a prep. So when she first emailed us, she let us know that she um, has a... a higher risk, uh, miscarriage, preterm labor, higher risk of preeclampsia, all of this because she has an autoimmune disease and also epilepsy. Mm-hmm. So she knew she was high risk for all of these things, um, but she did get pregnant. And so when she emailed us saying like, I'm pregnant, but I'm you know worried, obviously, because I have all these risks. Mm-hmm. So she then gave us a follow up email. Obviously, we've been corresponding with her. Mm-hmm um and provided us the sort of bad news of um at her 7 week ultrasound there was no fetal development just like a gestational sac and so she said after speaking with the doctor she said there could be a 30 to 40% chance the pregnancy is viable so they went to the 8 week ultrasound and at that week they learned that there was not it was not viable and they had a blighted ovum which i don't Ooh. know what that means but yeah. it sounds sad um <clears throat> And then she said she had a confirmation call, um, which was right before Christmas. And after um, she was at work and and she was just like um, a total mess, which, oh, my gosh, I cannot. Yeah, I cannot even imagine. Um, so basically, after she got this news from the doctor, I mean, this is really on point with what we said. The doctor said you have three options, right? Mm-hmm. Number one, wait it out and miscarry naturally. It's going to happen. You're going to miscarry. Um, two, take a pill to induce the miscarriage. Or three, have a DNC. I'm not sure what that is, but I assume it's like a. Yeah,
1: where they know, maybe they actually go, in go in and, and, yeah.
0: and do it. Yeah. Um, so she thought about each option. She didn't know which route to take. And she said um, she thought about having the surgery. So, yeah, that's the DNC. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately decided against it because um, she thought it would avoid a surgical procedure by doing it naturally or taking the pill. Mm-hmm. Um, So she said waiting for the miscarriage to happen naturally was killing her. So by week nine, um, yeah, I know her pregnancy symptoms were still, they were going away, but she finally on Christmas Day started spotting. Yeah. And so, and this is really sad too, because she had, she was so excited, obviously,
1: but she also had
0: knew that she was going to miscarry, but she still had all the pregnancy symptoms Yeah, too that whole
1: time. And like between, like we're saying like two weeks time, but like two weeks, that's like that's forever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so on on Christmas Day she
0: started spotting, and then she said her husband and her um were at her parents' house and they decided to drive back to her home um and then they decided to to take the pills um, so they did some errands went home to start and then the miscarriage process started yeah um and so something that she said was that online, I'm just going to quote it from mm-hmm. her online, everything I read about inserting the pills, inducing the miscarriage wasn't scary and didn't really seem like it would be all that painful. Mm-hmm. Well, my situation couldn't have been farther from that. I don't know how much you know about the pills, but you insert four into your vagina and then waits, And then three to four hours after you insert the pills, she started having contraction, like crampings, bleeding, very, very heavy, and then passing like Huge clots, and she said all this was expected, but the pain was like really, really intense. Um, and, she, and then she said, The pain was crazy. And if labor is anything like that, um, I'm getting a damn epidural. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, they wonderful I, for her for having that sense of humor, too. Yes. Which uh, I'm gonna start crying when I'm like doing this. Yeah, um, but yeah, so by the next morning, um, she was still in, pl- in pain, bleeding a lot. Um, so she went to the, we- the ER, they checked her out did um, an ultrasound
1: and sent her on her way with Tylenol with codeine. Ugh. Yeah. Right. No, that is, that's like a, a terms of endearment moment where like someone, had better be banging on the thing being like, get, get me some pills. <laughs> give me the, get me the fucking knockout drugs. Yes. I want to sleep for the next 48 hours. Right? Like Tylenol with codeine. That's damn. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, she specifically said eye roll. I yeah. agree with you. Yeah. I, I roll 100%. Yes. Like, give her some good stuff. Like, yes. this is the worst freaking experience you could possibly go through. And yeah. you're getting Tylenol with codeine.
1: And can we just, like, have a hallelujah moment for how, like, fucking strong women are? That, like, that, that, they, again, thank medical science You that this is, you can, we have an option to have a pill, but that a woman has to insert pills in her, uh, like, that whole process, like, the mental toll on that i i cannot right uh, only i can only empathize in like how painful that moment must be like
0: and knowing i mean that's the thing too it's like she knew she it was there was no chance at that point there was it was a miscarriage right it was happening it was just a matter of waiting for it to happen and it's just like that and then having that decision of like okay what's the best way to make this as least like traumatic as possible right, because right. you know it's going to be traumatic either way and then going on the internet and the internet not telling you how traumatic it's yeah. going to be which is i think why she shared it with
1: us because she was like i want people to know that this is actually right it's traumatic when you do the pills and for like another woman who's having that same experience and is like oh i'm alone it's like no this is yeah 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 so I, I w- I'm so curious, too. Like, I wish that I wish you could be on, on the show because I have so many more questions of like, how do how does a doctor like mentally prepare a w- person in that situation? Like, what is the conversation? Like, is there enough like taking care of like the mental side of that? I don't think there is. So
0: there's a little bit more. Yeah, to the email. Yeah. So She says um, until um, last Tuesday, which was
1: several weeks ago mm-hmm. now, because
0: we this was before your wedding. So we didn't address it until after we wanted to make sure we addressed it like in a really like, um. Uh, like an honorable supportive way. And so we didn't want to do it. Like when we were talking about wedding stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, so she said she had pain and spotting and this whole process was super intense, not only mentally, but physically. She said, I felt ill prepared by my doctor. She knew you were going to ask that question. (laughs) Yep. Um, who she's not going to be seeing again. She said she felt lost and caught up in a process that f- she felt like should have been taken very seriously by her doctor, but mm-hmm. wasn't. Mm-hmm. And she was the one who had to schedule the, the follow-up appointment. Like, they didn't even schedule a follow-up appointment with her right away. Like, hello, are you yeah. are you kidding me? Right. Um. So she said she's feeling much better now physically and mentally, but she's still sad, obviously. And... And yeah, she wanted to share her story um, because she said, unfortunately, reading old blogs, crazy internet articles, and having a shitty doctor did not prepare me for this process.
1: Wow. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, listener, for sharing that. I feel like just being able to like, even our even our small little reach maybe of this show can, can give light to this and make people not feel so alone. I just I hate the idea that like in that time where you're already going through so much that someone could feel alone and, and underprepared. Like,
0: I 100% agree. And that's, I mean, both of, we both read this email and both started crying because yeah. we, we just wanted to like reach out and be like, we're, you're not alone, you know. And uh, it just makes me so angry that that there wasn't that support for her from her physician. I feel yeah. like that is 100% un, unacceptable. Yeah, Like, and yeah, it sh- I mean, that's a, that's a hard thing to go through for anyone who yeah. has to... who has that experience and it's just it's really heart-wrenching for me and I feel also really like um, honored that she shared that story with us and, and let us share that story with
1: you. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you for reading that, Casey. That, that, that's, <laughs> I know. Like, as I am like trying to like not cry. <laughs> well, and it is it is like we I think we've we've touched upon this many times that it's like this entire conversation is a difficult conversation. I think I think even just having a conversation about it is a good thing. But like, we don't know. We're just two women trying to figure this out and, yeah. have, and sharing our own experiences and and seeing these things along the way. And that like, yeah that this is just just I think more sharing is going to be what makes us all easier along the way yeah so
0: we're not alone we are all in this together yeah women are amazing sisterhood is real yeah (laughs) yeah and we're here we're here for all of our listeners we're here for our listener that had that experience and honestly i'm like i am so just like sitting on the edge of my seat for another email that hopefully says like that she's pregnant again because i
1: I really hope that that happens for her and um yeah 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 so keep us updated and if you have a story that you'd like for (laughs) us to share we would love and be so honored to share that and that's our our whole goal with this is to get knowledge out there so um have you had a great experience with a physician a not so great one? have you experienced anything else turmoils and happiness along the way of conception and all things reproduction and female body parts (laughs) I would love to hear about it yeah 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 100% so please email us off
0: the pill at off the pill podcast at gmail.com I always get that wrong (laughs) Um,
1: and find us on Facebook and we'll be here in the meantime and hopefully we'll all feel a little bit better in this following week yeah uh, mentally physically emotionally spiritually yes thanks Thanks so so much much yeah this is is off the the pill. pill